0: And one thing I think the church needs to be aware of and not shy away from is the power of teaching about the coming judgment of God.
1: Is Bible prophecy unfolding? Well, Barry Stagner is here, and he'll be walking us through the biblical timeline so that we can see the world events unfolding through the pages of the Bible. Barry, thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Really blessed to be with you.
1: Thank you. And Barry, we see all the chaos in the world and so many events unfolding. How do we know that this is part of the timeline in biblical prophecy?
0: Well, I think the first thing is to recognize is that Israel, excuse me, is a nation once again. And in Ezekiel 36, the Lord said he was going to bring his people back, uh, not for their sake, but for his holy name's sake. And he said in that same chapter, before the famed passages of Ezekiel 37 to 39, that every day that the Jews were outside of their national homeland, his name was being profaned. So he said that he's going to bring back these uh, dry bones and breathe life into them. And this picture is the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And Jesus made mention of the fig tree in the Olivet Discourse. And the fig tree in both Joel, uh, Hosea, and then uh, another verse in Jeremiah speaks of Israel being a fruitless fig tree. So Jesus said, when you see the fig tree budding and putting forth leaves, you know that summer is near. He's drawing a word picture. So too, when you see the regathering of the nation of Israel, is what is implied, you know that there's a single generation before all the Olivet Discourse is going to be fulfilled. So the main thing that tells us we are in the closing moments of church history, coming to an end of the time of the Gentiles, is national Israel, and the Jews are back in their homeland.
1: What are some of the birth pangs that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24 that we can expect?
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, you'll hear comments whenever anything is mentioned about uh, Matthew 24, 3-8, to and uh, the natural course of life, uh, things that have been recurring throughout the course of history, that somebody will make that argument. And, you know, well, there's always been wars and rumors of wars. There's always been ethnic tensions. There's always been pestilence. There's always been famines in different portions uh, and time seasons of the world. And also there's always been earthquakes. But one thing we have to remember about those things is that Jesus was answering a question about the signs of the last days. The disciples, four disciples, the two pairs of fishermen brothers, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, asked him specifically, When will these things be? They were first wanting to know about the disassembly of the Temple Mount and the walls around it. And they asked about the signs of your coming and the end of the age. So they had three questions. And the first thing to take note of is that Jesus didn't answer the first question because the first question had nothing to do with the second two. When the Temple was destroyed in 70 AD, that wasn't a sign of His coming or the last days. But what he did say in, in the end of that, what I call the preamble to the element discourse, Matthew 24, 3-8, he said, these are the beginning of sorrows. And that phrase could also be translated, uh, the Greek phrase could be translated as the commencement of birth pangs. So the fact that Jesus said there's going to be nation rising against nation, And, you know, it's kind of interesting that we see this uh, language, the kingdom against kingdom. It's not redundancy because the nation is the word ethnos, and that speaks of ethnic tensions. But the word kingdom is uh, basilia, and it means uh, the, the word actually means the right to rule. So what we're seeing today is a rise in people fighting over the right to rule we see that in our own country with the party divisions and all that's happening uh in our country but also looking at the balance of what he said you know there's there's famines happening in multiple ways uh first of all there's a famine of hearing the word of god as amos prophesied but there's also famines all over the world we hear hear numbers about uh, hunger and the number of children starving but the fact that Jesus answered the question about the signs of his coming in the last days tells us Matthew 3 to 8 is going to change. And there's going to be an exponential increase in frequency and a density of these things that have occurred throughout the course of history.
1: Well, what are we seeing in all of this in our world today as far as like our countries and what, how is this chaos, you know, attacking us? You know, this,
0: there's a, there's interesting passages throughout the course of Scripture that are all uh, pointing to what we're experiencing now. And one thing I think we have to remember is that, you know, the the tribulation doesn't last long enough for the, the uh, certain elements of it to develop during the tribulation. They have to be happening prior to, like the technology for the whole world to watch the two witnesses rise from the dead, like uh, as Revelation 11 says, or the, the technology and the mechanisms to have a global commerce governing system that's going to happen under the Antichrist. All that has to be in place in order for him to implement them. And also, I think we see uh, this this structure that we see with uh, different leaders around the world. I think it's prophesied in Isaiah chapter 2, where Isaiah says that the time when the Lord rises to shake the earth— He's going to give the world children for their rulers. And I, I think that's twofold in meaning. I think, one, it's literal and it's figurative. And uh, there's stories all over the news about uh, Greta Thunberg, uh, someone who's 20 years old who became a spokesperson for something she has no education in and is ha- has absolutely has zero qualifications to be the voice of the climate change movement. And yet the world is bowing to... The tantrum, basically, of Greta Thunberg. So in, in that sense, you know, paired with the fact that children are telling parents today what their gender is, we see children taking a position of rulership. But also I think the, the uh, allegorical or figurative meaning would be incompetent leadership. And mm-hmm. that's what's causing chaos all over the world is we've just got leaders who all they care about is the right to rule. Uh, You know, we certainly see that in the Muslim dominated countries where extremists are at the helm. Uh, They don't care about the people. All they care about is staying in power. Mm -hmm. And sadly, we've seen that develop in the U.S. as well. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, serving the people. It's not about government by for uh, by and for the people. It's about maintaining power so you can advance your agenda. So uh, I think this is prophetic uh, as well from Isaiah chapter two and three
1: yeah you know it, it makes me think about how god's timeline is in all this you know he allows all this to happen right the the sin that has covered the world is now rising up and uh, and god is intervening in so many ways even in we when we see the bad things happening too yes. um, and and you know the sad thing is is it's israel and the jewish people are under attack worldwide and they're ramping up their forces against evil right and and you reference Again, you referenced Isaiah 2, 17 through 19. So how do you see Israel in this time upset and in defense?
0: Well, Zechariah talks about in chapters 12 to 14, uh, in that, that series of chapters, we find the phrase, in that day, 16 times. And that day is the 70th week of Daniel of the tribulation. And where all this is going is that, The Lord says that, you know, when Jerusalem becomes a burdensome stone to all peoples and all the nations of the world are gathered against her, when that finally arrives, and it's developing right now, that he's going to fight as he fights in the day of battle. And we look at what's uh, described for us in the Ezekiel invasion, where through the, the names, most of which are contained in the table of nations in Genesis 10, we find that, you know, Russia, Turkey, Iran, Libya, and Sudan are going to invade Israel, being drawn down by God from the north. And these nations are going to fall on the mountains of Israel. And so their invasion is going to be unsuccessful, but it is going to be God empowering his people. And uh, in that, in those passages in, in Zechariah 12 to 14, it talks about that uh, the, the weak will be like David. In other words, there'll be a mighty warrior like David and uh, Jerusalem will be like the angel of the Lord. In other words, God is going to use his people to deliver his people. But then ultimately, he's going to join the battle directly and fight as he fights in the day of battle. And with the flooding rain and hailstones and fire mingled with blood and all these things we see described as his uh, divine response. So, you know, it's just I think to watch Zechariah twelve three especially uh, come into the radar as far as development, uh, just tells us we, we are very, very near to a major transition in the prophetic timeline.
1: For those of the, those of my audience who do, do not know you, you go out and you speak all over the country.
0: Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been, uh see, this year, Amir and I, Amir Sarfati, for those who know him, uh, we were in the Philippines for two weeks in January. Uh, we've been, this year, we were in Canada, we were in uh, New Zealand, we were in Australia, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, all over the the U.S. as well. Uh, we we had basically traveled from July uh, through October, and uh, just you know wherever the Lord opened the door, that's where we went. Uh, Amir is staying home for all of 2024, and it's kind of interesting that the Lord gave him uh, just that unction in his spirit. Uh, stay home. Something big's coming, hmm. and and we finished our our travels. We were actually in Philadelphia together on October seventh when this whole thing broke. oh and, Yes, I remember
1: uh, that. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was wow. just uh, a brutal time for him to be stuck here and uh, unable to get home for, uh, I think it took him about 10 days to get home oh. uh, and away from his family and all and watching this unfold. Yeah. So, yeah, we do. We travel all over the world. We've got plans uh, already cooking for 2025 is going to be a very busy year if we're still here. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll we'll see what the lord uh, allows to develop in these next 18 20 months.
1: Yeah. Well, you had him on your program the truth about god um and you interviewed Amir and he he referenced psalm 83 um speaking of the chance against israel and how it is relevant in current times. Can you speak into that a little bit?
0: Yeah, there's two two ways to look at that. Amir sees it as having been fulfilled in the uh, 1948 battle. You know, the day that Israel, uh, David Ben Gurion declared Israel to be a state, that night, five nations attacked Israel. And they're the nations that are named in the Ezekiel, uh, uh, or Ezekiel, the Psalm 83 battle scenario. So he sees it as having been fulfilled. Uh, there are those who see it as uh, this current development now, because we've got basically the same. Uh, nations named, and uh, at least a a majority of them. So, you know, whether it's been fulfilled or not, what we do know is that Ezekiel 38 is developing now very, very clearly. And um, I personally believe that what the precursor is to the Ezekiel War is Isaiah 17.1 and the uh, destruction of Damascus. Uh, You know, there are those who say, you know, well, that happened in 689 BC with Sennacherib and the Assyrian armies. But, you know, the argument against that is simple. There's still a Damascus today. And when the Bible says it will be a ruinous heap and uninhabitable is what's implied, that's exactly what it means. And those in Damascus lay claim to being the oldest continuously inhabited city in the world, dating back some 4,500 years. So, As far as the chronology goes, I believe that what we're going to see is the destruction of Damascus, which will embolden the nations invading Israel from the north, and we'll see uh, sometime after that the Ezekiel invasion start. I personally believe that we, as the church, could see the start of the Ezekiel War. I don't think we'll see the end of it. I think we'll be gone by then, but uh, I do believe that You know, when God's uh, acting in his wrath against those invading nations, uh, that requires that the church not be present on the earth.
1: Hmm. Well, you know, for everybody out there that wants to know more about, you know, the sign of the times, we have a book that Barry has called The Time of the Signs. So this is a wonderful book. It's a chronology of Earth's final events. And you can get this book where Barry
0: You can get it on any online bookseller. Of course, the most dominant is Amazon and just type in my name and all my books are there, including a book that Amir and I wrote together that was released in January. But, you know, the pre-sale, I think, is so important. And uh, the book comes out January 16th. And uh, if people would uh, be kind enough to order it in advance, that does two things. One, it bumps up the numbers uh, on Amazon and gets more exposure to people who are searching for things like this. But secondly, there's uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the online booksellers report to something called BookScan. And those are the numbers that brick and mortar stores like Target and Walmart use to determine whether or not to put it on the shelf. And uh, so, excuse me. You know, with uh, uh, good, solid pre-sale numbers, that's going to put it in Target and uh, Walmart and in places where it needs to be seen uh, by a non-Christian audience. So thank you for mentioning that.
1: What is the most important thing you would like anybody to know about what's happening in the world right now and what we should expect and why shouldn't we be scared?
0: Well, first of all, second Timothy one: seven says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And boy, if there's anything that's needed right now, it's soundness of mind. And so because God has given us, and I like to describe prophecy as history in advance, it's not God making predictions, it's God having already visited the future because of where He sits on high. And uh, he's already seen all this and what's going to happen. He's revealed to us the specifics about it, everything we need to know. So I think what we need to be most cognizant of is the fact that we are so close that we're living around people who are going to go into the great tribulation. And one thing I think the church needs to be aware of and not shy away from is the power of teaching about the coming judgment of God. And, you know, the Lord said, in the midst of the Olivet Discourse, that the days when his return is near and the 70th week of Daniel is going to begin and be fulfilled, it will be as it was in the days of Noah. And he lists and uses the phrase, in the days before the flood, uh, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And that basically says there's a business as usual attitude, even though the signs of impending judgment are clear. And, you know, thinking about the fact that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and he built a boat on dry ground on a planet where it had never rained, according to Genesis 2, until the time of the flood in Genesis 8, uh, we're told it began, the heavens opened and all that followed. Um, I'm sorry, Genesis 6, we're told that it's going to be like that. So we can't shy away from saying, you know what, Noah preached righteousness for 120 years. And the judgment was coming, and so in a world that doesn't want to hear it, we have to remember that the greatest great awakening in the history of the world happens during the tribulation. There's a, a multitude that no man can number from every tribe, tongue, nation of people uh, that are going to become followers of Christ, and they will have the testimony of the Word of God and of Jesus. So, you know, people may not want to hear it. I mean, who wants to hear about judgment? It's a terrible, frightening thing. Uh, but we have to remember 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says we don't have an appointment with God's wrath. And the whole tribulation, all seven years, uh, are God's wrath. And uh, they start with the rise of the Antichrist in Revelation 6, verse 2. So no, we don't need to fear, but we do need to be bold. And we do need to tell people, hey, there's a change coming. And uh, the judgment of God is coming. They may not want to hear it now, but those words will ring in their ears after we're gone and judgment begins.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't want to hear about this. They don't want to hear that there's going to be judgment and a lot of people don't believe it. And there are many people out there that are giving false prophecies that really need to be addressed um, because they're not going according to the Bible, they're going to their they're going towards their own timeline and what they think. And you know what? Yes, we are getting closer. But only God knows. Only God knows the day or the hour. So, um, thank you for keeping everything so clear. And um, you're you're using all scriptures to to uh, verify everything that you're saying, and that's good for somebody who doesn't really understand and might be in fear about what's going to happen in the future. Where can they find out more about you and and get your books and all that?
0: Well, all my books, I've got six books out so far. I've got another one that uh, with less travel next year, I hope to put another one uh, out uh, before the end of the year. But uh, they can go to barrystagner.com. Uh, the church website, uh, the church I pastor is called Calvary Central OC, Central Orange County, California. Uh, but we had recently had to move. And for 24 years, we were known as Calvary Chapel Tustin. Uh, so our web address is cccalvarychapel, Tustin, T-U-S-T-I-N, dot org. And you can find all the sermons and information about the church there, or go to barrystagner.com. There's a, a blog that uh, uh, is weekly, where there's a, a portion of one of my books that is, that is there for your reading. And uh, I've got two daily devotionals. Um, one is uh, the whole devotionals. It's called Besides the Waters. Uh, it's all out of the Psalms. And then a second devotion. actually my first book from 2010, is called Bodybuilders, Daily Exhortations to Stretch, Strengthen, and Build Up Your Faith. And it's just 365 various scriptures that people actually sent to me as their favorites, and I wrote a one-page devotion about each of them. Uh, so you can go to barrystagner.com or cctustin.org and find out. Uh, what's going on with me and the church and, and what God is doing or type in my name on YouTube, and you'll go to the truth about God page as well.
1: And that's the thing. That's where I found most of your interviews is um, the truth about God. And uh, you had a great, great one there with Amir that was just recent. And um, I think people should be watching that. Um, You're an an amazing host, uh, because you allow him to just tell his story and what he's going through. And you know it's tough for them, and we need to be praying for Israel. Everyone, yes. he's out there. Just remember to pray for Israel, and pray for the United States too, because we are in battle with them, and um, we're standing by their side. And so, Lord, we 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 pray the Lord that that all comes together, and that mm-hmm. um also. um So, my last question would be: What would you like to leave my audience with today? I
0: think you know one thing I share at every conference that Amir and I speak at. Is that my my takeaway, or I hope that their takeaway is not just excitement? You know, we should be excited about the the possibility of the Lord coming for his church at any moment. That is a very exciting thing to consider and it should comfort our hearts. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that the Lord in Revelation chapter six through 19 gave us very specific and detailed information about a time period that we're not going to be here for. Why does he want us to know that in one Uh, time frame in in the tribulation. A third of the earth's population is going to die and another quarter of the earth's population. There's going to be a locusts that come up from the pit that torment people for five months and they'll seek death and not be able to find it. We're not going to be here for any of that, but why does he want us to know? And I think the reason is twofold. One, to comfort our hearts and two, to break our hearts, to comfort our hearts knowing that we don't have an appointment with this season of God's wrath but also to break our hearts for the lost and perishing around us. And if there's anything I want people to take away from either one of these prophecy books, it's a desperation for lost souls. And mm-hmm. that we would be bold in our faith and uh, break through some of our own uh, hindrances that that uh, come into our lives that keep us from speaking out. And uh, every every conference I speak at, I pray over the, the group, Acts 431. And when they had prayed, the place that we're in was shaken. And they all spoke the word of, of God with boldness. And that's that's really my hope, is that people will get bold in their testimony for Jesus so others can know uh, about him and escape all these things that are coming upon the world. And most importantly, escape eternal separation from him and hell.
1: If this ministry has blessed your life, would you like, subscribe, and share it with others? We're here to fulfill the Great Commission So be sure to come back for the next episode of The Call with Nancy Sabedo. You'll be blessed. And do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to The Call?